0: Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp.
1: What is going on, everybody? This is episode 79. We're getting closer, guys, step by step. Get into episode 100. We got something fun planned for episode 100. I think you guys are going to like it. And then, of course, uh, we also, uh, this is, you know, it takes a lot to run these things. And we've got myself and two other people, a lot of times behind the scenes. Um, and so uh, I wanted to encourage you guys, if you've been blessed by this and if you have even just like 10 bucks to give, we live off of the donations, uh, from all of you guys. And you guys have been, uh, so many of you have been so generous to both Elijah streams and Elijah fire over the last year, plus two years, however long. Uh, and we greatly appreciate it. So if that's one of you guys and you're like, you know what? Yeah, I can give 10 bucks. Go to elijahfirecom slash donate. That's elijahfirecom slash donate and donate today. And thank you in advance. Um, and then thank you also to everybody who has donated. You guys are amazing. So um, I think that's it. kind of want to just get into this because this is going to be a great episode. Um, my guest today, he's a revivalist. He's an author. He's also the co-founder of Consuming Love Ministries, along with his wife, Anna Joe. And they both host a podcast called The Father's Heart Podcast. Let's give it up for my guest today, Taylor Medina. Hi, Tyler, not Taylor. I totally said Taylor. And I was like, it's Tyler. And I know that.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's really good.
1: Yeah. His name is Tyler, everybody. (laughs) Welcome, man. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So why don't you, uh, because there's a little bit I left out, obviously, about who you are. Why don't you tell uh, maybe a little bit more about yourself, uh, about you and your wife, and, and we'll just go from there.
2: Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, correct. Everything uh, that you'd said, my wife and I both are live out of Lexington, Kentucky. Um, so we actually pastor a church together. So it's called Trinity Life Center. So we're the senior leaders there. We also have the Father's Heart podcast um, that we're doing kind of daily, I'm trying to get it out weekly as anyway, weekly episodes of that. Um, but yeah, I'm actually from South Jersey originally. So my wife is from Harlan County, Kentucky. So she's a, she's a native here. You can Um, hear
1: it um, a little bit.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. A lot deeper than mine anyway. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I grew up in South Jersey, grew up in church. Um, my, my father and, uh, my grandfather from both sides of my, my mom's dad, as well as my father's dad were both full-time ministers. Um, and so I grew up in church and, kind of grew up around the ministry. And so I've been doing this really, I've been a part of the church anyway, my, my whole life. Um, and like all preachers kids had my, my hour of of running and, um, but my grandfather, my mom's dad, had a minister called East Coast for Jesus Ministries, and so his whole vision was kind of the East Coast for Jesus, and that it would would spread over to the West. Um, and he was the spiritual son of Derek Prince, um, a. a. Allen in the early years, and then when a. a. Allen actually passed away, he came up under the ministry of Derek Prince, and so he was raised up under the ministry of Derek Prince and really operated strongly in healing and deliverance. And um, if you look up the articles online, you know there's articles that talk about as people would pull into the parking lot of East Coast, and then in the 90s they would touch foot on the ground and would begin to fall out in the spirit because the presence of God, the manifest presence of God was just so, wow. so thick and heavy and just operated very strongly in healing and deliverance. And people would often bring people from two, three, four hours away um, just to be healed, just to just to be in the presence of God and 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 the revival and the move of the spirit that was taking place um, at East Coast. And so for me i grew up in church and that was kind of all i knew a church you know i actually i didn't know there was a church outside the power of god i'd never been exposed to anything but his power and his presence and Mm. they said when i was two years old i would crawl around and lay hands on people and they would be healed and walk out of wheelchairs and um i remember just early on just growing up with just such a passion and a zeal for the lord you know i would raise my hands in the service and i had a, a a conceptual understanding of what this was and um and just remember just just loving, falling in love with Jesus really early on, just fell in love with him. He's just, he's all I've ever wanted since I was a little boy. And, um, as life grew on, began to kind of go through an attack with my family. Um, when I was 13 years old, had my first real angelic encounter. I was actually in a car accident with my father and the car, uh, car hit us from behind at hundred miles an hour and our car flipped 10 times end over end and caught on fire. And when it stopped flipping, he had flown out the driver's side window and got hit by another car that was going 90 miles an hour the other way. And so he had broke every bone in his body, lost four pints out of the five pints of blood your body holds. He died three times on the scene. And I remember at this time, I I remember the car stopped flipping and I looked around and he was no longer in the car with me. And, um, I remember there was angels that surrounded the car and they were speaking in tongues. And it was a week before my week before my 13th birthday. And, um, and I remember seeing this angelic encounter of these angels speaking in tongues. And I remember just this, 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 this gripping me and wondering where he was. And I remember beginning to look around. Um, and I finally found him. And he was laying underneath a vehicle that was on the other side of the highway that had struck his body. And um, when I turned around, the angels were no longer there. And, um, and I've seen angels before in the form of, you know, the wings and what you would imagine and what you see in all the pictures. And this time it was, it, it wasn't like that. There was a military guy who was, you know, it reminds me of those scriptures where you're tending, you know, angels unaware. There was a, there was a man who was in a military fatigue and he was speaking in tongues. There was a nurse with, with, with scrubs on and she was speaking. It was the only time I've ever seen it, but I believe it to be, uh, angelic host. Um, there was a firefighter. There was all these, all these people that were dressed just like regular folks. And they were all speaking in tongues Every Every single one of them was praying in tongues and reaching in, and they were there a moment. When I turned around and saw my father, and I turned back around, they were completely gone, nowhere to be found. Wow. And um, the car was bent back to a point at my f- the windshield was bent back at a point at my face. The whole car was collapsed and was on fire. And uh, and I remember they had to cut me out with the jaws of life, and they said I should have been dead. And I walked away without a scratch, didn't have one scratch on me, didn't have one one mark on me. And uh, and through that, my father ended up being paralyzed from the neck down. And uh, and was in a coma for eight months, was in the hospital for two years. And so during this time, um, as a 13 year old kid, it really just began to take a toll on me. I, I was living with my mom at the time and my mom actually ended up later on passing away in a car accident as well a car lost mm-hmm. control in the snow mm-hmm. hit her head on and so I was kind of left to take care of my father and become a father to my father and so uh, because of the accident yeah we actually lost everything I lived in a closet for seven years taking care of them all through high school waking up every two hours in the night turning them um, and through this I just had such a frustration such an anger towards uh, not the Lord but the things of God because I saw the, a lot of the church when when all this happened and, and everything hit the fan they really weren't there. Um, mm-hmm. and so there was just this frustration of a child just trying to find, find his way. Um, mm-hmm. and so I found, found so, some of the saving grace in wrestling. I was in college sports and, um, and coach college wrestling for for a little while. And, Um, and so that was kind of a little bit of a saving grace for me at the time. But, uh, you know, back in high school, I found myself, this was my saving grace that kind of kept me somewhat grounded. Um, but the other part of me began to find myself in drug addiction. And so I found myself lost in the world, partying, um, sleeping around and ended up being on about a nine year drug addiction of just about every drug that you can name, um, out there just searching and and just broken and just hurt. And, um, I know I'm skipping around a lot of parts, but. Oh, you're uh, good, man. I found myself later on at 18 years old and I ended up getting locked up in jail at 18 years old. And I was locked up facing 25 years in jail for a prison for a crime I didn't do. Um, and I was in prison and I was facing 25 years and I remember the Lord walking into my jail cell and, uh, I feel like Paul where I was like, I don't know if I was in the body or out of the body, but I remember the man that had hair like wool and feet like brass you know, but more than that, it was a man who had eyes of fire that burned with passion for me. And I remember him looking at me and he walked over to me and he grabbed me and he grabbed me and he breathed mouth to mouth with me. And it was like everything inside of me was resuscitated. Everything inside of me came alive. It was like this dynamic shift that took place in the core of who I was. And it was like I awakened I, I, in that moment I experienced from out of darkness and into light. I experienced the resurrection power of Jesus. And it was these eyes that burned so deep, just a thousand eternities. Couldn't explain the look in his eyes of just these eyes that burned for me. And I knew that the Lord had been calling me. Every night that I was in the world, I never woke up without the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Every night I remember I would cry myself to sleep, crying out for the Lord, crying out for the interaction of God. I I knew the prophecies over my life. I knew what the Lord had spoken over me. I knew that he was calling me to preach the gospel. And in that moment, I feel like everybody else in jail, I said, God, you get me out of here. I'll preach to the nations. I'll go everywhere you send me. I'll go wherever you send me. And, um, I remember the Lord telling me the exact day that I was going to be out and I began to tell people and I was locked up on, on a horrible wing. It was one of the, a lot of the hardened criminals. And I remember telling them the day I was going to be out and everyone said, there's no, there's no way on a $300,000 bail facing 25 years in prison. You're getting out. And I told him my Lord, my God reigns. And, um, and God began, to, it's actually funny, God began to start a revival in the prison. Six people got, gave their life to Jesus before I got out of there. And it ended up being the exact day that I said I was going to be out, that the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I ended up getting released on that exact day. Every single charge I was found innocent, every single thing brought against me, every accusation completely wiped wiped entirely clean. Um, and the Lord just completely showed up. I represented myself and got completely set free from every, uh, from every, from every uh, accusation. And so the Lord had told me, um, that there was going to be three things that followed this three blessings. And, and so I I got out and I was, I was kicked out of high school because of this. Even though I had scholarships all over the country for wrestling, I lost all my scholarships, lost Mm -hmm. everything. And a lot of their, my friends turned their back on me. And, um, and I was forced to get my GED and I ended up scoring higher than 95 percent there in the United States. And the Lord just completely opened the door for that and was able to get my GED. And uh, the second week I got a job full time, which is something I needed to be at that point. And then the third week I got a call at eight o'clock at night from a random number. And I never usually answer random numbers, but the Lord told me to answer the phone. And I had answered the phone and it was Liberty University. And, um, What's funny is I never applied for Liberty. I never asked for any information from Liberty. I never, wow. I never reached out to Liberty, um, and I never even answered random numbers. But the Lord told me to answer the phone, and it was Liberty University. And I began to tell them a little bit of my, I'm um, three, three months out of, or three weeks out of jail. <laughs> I began to tell them my testimony. I began to tell them, you know, kind of what, what has happened in my life. And I remember the lady on the phone. She said, Tyler. She said, we just now started accepting GEDs. And she said, we feel so strongly that you're called to be here. We're going to go ahead and give you a $10,000 scholarship on top of that. I mean, never knew anything about me, you know, and uh, just totally the Lord. And so I I end up submitting everything over and end up shipping off three months later to go to Liberty University. Um, You know, at this point, I think I was six months out of jail and I'm, I'm showing up on the doorsteps of Liberty University as an 18 year old kid full of zeal and just, you know, uh, that, that point where we didn't have so much knowledge, we no longer needed him, you know, <laughs> just, just young and ignorant, but just eager to see the Lord move. And, yeah. uh, it was a Baptist school. that didn't believe in the gifts. They didn't believe in, in, in a lot of the things that I grew up believing it was kind of a culture shock for me. Cause I never experienced a, again, a ministry outside of that where a ministry outside of the power of God. And I remember I was on my, on my, um, hall and there was a man there that was addicted to pornography. He was a pastoral leadership major and nobody on the hall could see him set free. They tried to counsel him, but you can't counsel a demon. They tried to, um, they tried to do everything they knew how, the best of what they knew how, and there was nothing that he could see free. And I remember telling him, I said, "I know what you need. You need deliverance." You know, and I didn't even really know much about it. <laughs> I, was, I had a pamphlet that my grandfather wrote on deliverance, and I read this thing back and front, back yeah. and front. I held onto these pages, and um, and I remember bringing him up, and I began to walk him through deliverance. And I was sitting there in my room, and I began to pray and uh, begin to pray in the spirit And I remember beginning to reach out. I went to, to, to touch this man. And when I reached out, it was like a lightning bolt shot through my hand. And I touched the man, and he flew back onto the bed, started speaking in tongues. Baptist boy, never grew up in Pentecost, never grew up in Pentecostal church and started speaking in tongues, filled with the Spirit of God, gets completely delivered and set free. My roommate at the time had never grown up in church. He had only been saved for six months, fresh out of drug addiction himself. I look to my right and he's glued to the floor, speaking in tongues, can't get off the floor for the next four hours. He's grounded there. And it was that point that we began to see this move of the Spirit take place at Liberty Uh, in my early years and uh what happened next we could have never expected but the lord began to wake me up in the middle of the night with dreams and visions of tents being packed out for a revival and i remember beginning to see healing ministry and just uh healing take place and and um and i and shortly after that i met 11 guys on campus one night i was out there just evangelizing and and just loving on people and i met these 11 guys who were just on fire for god and just were praying for the same thing i was praying for they were on their face on the concrete uh, just praying for revival to hit Liberty University, and I remember I was mm. like, "Man, I got to get linked up with these guys." And uh, we just began to run together, and the ministry grew from from twelve people in eight months about twelve hundred people. And We did a fifty college campus tour all throughout Virginia, Indiana, all these different states, just preaching the gospel on, on on college campuses and watching just total total transformation. And And people were walking out of wheelchairs, blind eyes were being healed. I mean, cancer and tumors were falling off of people's body. And I just got soaked with the raw power of God and and just began to just see him move in mighty ways. And I was just, you know, I was uh, just hooked on the Lord and just so blessed. And so just humbled by the fact that just six months prior, I was out there in the world, uh, you know, an enemy of the cross. And six months later, I'm watching blind eyes healed and I'm watching God's grace and mercy use somebody like me. Um, to see to see his manifest power touch the streets of mm. the United States, and um and it was, so it was really just a catalyst of of revival uh, and transformation in my life that would begin to branch ac- across to where I'm at now.
1: Wow, dude. <laughs> so there's some people that you said something really interesting, and I kind of wanted to kind of go back to that because people go, wait a minute, you were at a Baptist university. Why were you evangelizing on campus? Explain that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so my heart, all all I knew was revival. You know, since I was an early kid, I, again, I never knew anything outside the power of God. It, it's what I wanted. It's, it's what apostolically, you know, uh, the, the apostolic ministries call it to the, primarily to the saved. You know, that if you look at Paul's letters, it's to the church of Corinth, the church of Ephesus, the church of mm-hmm. Philippi, right? It's to, it's to the bride of Christ. And so the apostolic mandate really is to the bride of Christ. And it's to see an awakening because I believe the Lord's coming back for his bride, not his brides. It's not a plural bride. It's a singular bride. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's, so he didn't mess up. Up, we we miss something along the lines, and no matter where we're at in life and ministry, I believe that that we can we can all experience an awakening. We can all experience a renewal. We can always all experience a revival. And so, the heartbeat uh, at that time, and even so, you had a lot of eighteen-year-old kids. I mean, at eighteen years old, at twenty-one years old, you know, even now I still have a lot of growing that I'm underdeveloping, you know. And so, at eighteen years old, I was full of zeal. You know, but there was a lot of things that God was breaking to me. You know, I come from being—I had an abusive background where I was very abused as a child. I went through the the loss of both parents. I went through drug addiction. You know, so I had come into experiencing the power of God, but socially I was still broken. You know, there was a lot of—I had—I had good relationship this way, but horizontally the Lord had to really heal me and deliver me um, to help carry out relationships with brothers and sisters among the body because there was such a a spirit of rejection there that would always push things away, and I. I had it this way, but God had delivered delivered me this way. And so I was still growing in so many things um, as I am now. And so even, even at a Baptist school, there was some, you know, some kids were there because their parents made them go, you know, they were they were out partying, you know, partying every day of the week and, and and showing up to Baptist school. And so just because the presence was there doesn't mean that that the true reality and the awakening to the awareness of his spirit was present. And so what we were after was seeing everybody, every, every age, every nation, every tribe, every tongue come on, experience the glory of God. And mm. so if they were in front of me and they were they were a living stone, then they needed to hear about Jesus.
1: Yeah. Well, and I would imagine, I mean, it's, I guess, a slightly different scenario, but being um, potentially charged with a crime that you didn't commit, you know, facing decades worth of time. Uh, and you said like a $300,000 bail or something like that. To To have that all, have that completely wiped clean kind of illustrates a little bit of what Jesus did maybe a lot bit uh of what Jesus did for us in terms of paying that debt um and obviously he went in our place he bore you know our sins on himself right. but at the same time wiping the slate clean um had to have kind of been a great illustration i mean just from hearing how fast things progressed from that moment and how zealous you were for the lord I would imagine i would assume that there was a little bit of that for you where it was just like that having a literal example of your your debt being cleared illustrating that it being illustrated in the physical what jesus did for us you know i i would imagine that helped quite a bit
2: absolutely 100 percent. you know and as a as an 18 year old kid and you know who was guilty of a lot of things, you know, don't, 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 don't mistake. It was guilty of a lot of things mm-hmm. and, um, just what they were charging me. Well, I was not guilty of, but as an 18 year old kid, who was around, you know, rapist and, and, and some of the worst hardened criminals, you know, there's a sense of fear in that too. Like, you know, I'm gonna spend, twenty. I know I'm supposed to preach the gospel. I know I've been running, you know, but I know this is what you've called me to do. You know, and um, and facing potentially 20, 25 years in prison, you know, for a crime that I did, legitimately did not do and did not commit. Um, there's a sense of fear in that, too. Like, God, I need you to show up, you know, but there was also the rea- the reality, I think, in that moment. You know, I always tell everybody that deliverance comes by way of the same thing with revival. It doesn't come by way of convenience, It comes by way of desperation. And I became desperate for him. And even though I wasn't guilty of that, there was a lot of things that I was guilty of enough to recognize not only was he worthy for for everything that I was getting ready to experience, but he was worthy if I never experienced any of it. You know, and at that point in my life, I think I just was so desperate for him. I had been crying for a long time um, for the presence of God. And I think that was really a rock bottom moment for me of just, God, I I need you. And my prayer literally was, God, break me or take me because I can't sin against you another day. I'd rather you take my life than sin against you and God chose to break me, and he's been breaking me ever since.
0: Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate.
1: Man, dude. Well, and, okay, so like when you, like when you got in that car wreck with your dad, that that's a pretty, seeing angels around you, that's a pretty like significant thing. Um, was it something that, because obviously you were kind of frust- you were frustrated because of the church and how they reacted to what happened with your father and not them not being there. Um, but that experience, was that something that, I mean, what was your relationship with God during that time when you walked away? Did you k- kind of shut any conversations with God out? Or was there always that part of you that was like, no, I always believed in God still. I always believed in his power. What was that like?
2: yeah so the 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 kindled anger was never against the lord i'm mean, uh, you know even out there in the world i never denied him i never i was i was very i was raised in the church you know and so yeah. the scriptures were were ingrained in me you know and if you deny me in front of men i'll deny you before my father and so even when i was in the world even i was very popular i had a lot of friends at that time and you know there was a certain amount of of ego or rapport that you want to display in those cases you know um but there was one thing that i would never break or compromise on and it was my relationship with god at least the 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 acknowledgement of who he was. Um, that was one thing that, you, you know, there was a lot of fronts that I may have tried to put on, you know, as a high school kid trying to make whatever presentation of myself. Um, uh, but there was one thing that I would never fold and it was my, it was my love for the Lord. And, um, and so I just knew that he was always calling me. And like I said, there was never one time in um, all of my time in sin that I had ever not woken up with the conviction of the Lord that I didn't go to bed. I think I prayed this, uh, you know, I prayed the sinner's prayer probably, you know, <laughs> thousands, thousands of times in my life, you know, um, of just, a, you know, I say the sinner's prayer, but just a prayer of repentance to the Lord of just, Father, forgive me. I know this isn't right. I'm sorry. I did it again. You know, and it felt like every night it was just this cycle that I felt like I couldn't break. You know, I, I couldn't break from I couldn't break free from and no matter how hard I tried. Um, no matter how hard I reached out, I felt like it was just me and the Lord. And, you know, and I felt like my heart truly wanted to be free, but I was just so bound and so entangled in sin that I couldn't get free and I couldn't figure out how to get free. Um, but, but even through all that, you know, the encounters that I had were very real. The, you know, before I was ever born, um, my mother, I was diagnosed with an extra chromosome my blood, the doctors told my mom that I was going to be born with trisamine 18, that where I, I was going to be mentally, I was going to either die within the first year or be severely mentally retarded. And the Lord spoke to her audibly and said, don't abort and put my hands on that child's life. And she prayed for me every day while, while I was in her womb. And I was actually born with an extra chromosome in my blood. And I'm one of the only people that I know that has an extra chromosome who's not special needs or, um, you know, and it was like the Lord left it just as a testimony of his power, um, you know, that he's Lord over all these things. And so from, from the time that I was born, the Lord's marked my life and it's just been this war, um, especially as an early kid, but my heartbeat, my heartbeat was always after the Lord. It was just kind of navigating that way back home, so to speak.
1: Mm -hmm. Man. I keep saying, dude, I'm like, dude, uh, man. And I, I mean, I think anybody can definitely tell that there's, there is, um, that, that mark on your life is evident, uh, just in, in terms of just the, just the power from the testimony of what God has done in you and through you, uh, is amazing. Um, and you know, we're kind of on this, we're not even, For a while, it was oh revival is coming, revival is coming. But now I'm seeing it. I'm like revival's here, man. And it's something that I said uh, because I always go on to Elijah streams and promote whatever Elijah Fire is going to be. And and one of the things we keep coming back to is revival. And I'm I'm never going to apologize for it because I think it's so important, especially right now. And I know I have friends like this where they're not so much operating within the the power of God. They're just kind of. I wouldn't say nominal would be an unfair thing to say, but definitely the power is not evident in their lives. Um, and they allow the things that the world is saying is going to happen to completely derail their joy, their, uh, their, their sense of peace in the Lord. And uh, I'm here and my guests are here to herald um, what, what heaven is doing what their plans wow. are and their plans are revival, right? So uh, let's talk about that. Obviously you have a word about the call for the millennial generation, uh, but something that I always tell people, cause you know, we have a lot of millennials, more and more Gen Z and Gen X, but the thing I always try to communicate and make it clear is that th- r- this revival is for everyone. It's yeah. not just for, you know, yeah, obviously God is raising up the younger generations, but, something that we say ad nauseum is that we can't go where we need to go with just one generation or two generations we need everybody that's right so yeah so let's talk a little bit about this what has God shown you about revival what's happening right now in our country and around the world
2: yeah amen i'll speak to a few of those points You know, I believe that it is. I believe it's a synergy of the ages. You know, Malachi talks about that. He's turning the hearts of the fathers back to the sons, the sons back to the fathers. You know, and I believe that it's prophetic, both of the image of uh, what we see—the prodigal son—and just the relationship back to the father, and just the 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 sons of God coming back first and foremost to their first love, to the bridal chambers, to His presence, right? Uh, But it's also, uh, I believe, earthly fathers to sons and, and and earthly sons to fathers. There's a restoration of relationship. What does that look like? It looks like the generations coming together because you can only you can only receive from that which you honor and you only have authority over that which you love and so you can't receive from that which you don't have honor you have to have honor for the gates that went before you in order to inhabit that space and time and so there, there's different things the lord's dispersing in the earth but it's going to take the synergy of the ages it's the latter and the former coming together and that is the time that we're in right now there's a latter and a former reign coming together and joel 2 prophesies that in the last days i'll pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons and daughters will prophesy your old men will dream dreams right that is the hour that we're in where awakening is available Awakening is here, right? We wouldn't just go through the, I mean, this is one of the most monumental months. Uh, in the entire last 50 years with just Roe v. Wade. I mean, talking about that for a minute, that the Lord would not allow shifts like this to happen, that 50 years, you know, that history belongs to the intercessors and 50 years of prayer and intercession and petition before the Lord for such a monumental event like this to take place and happen in the earth. It's a sign of the times that it is an awakening happening, right? That there is a, This is a Kairos moment. It is an opportune time for the sons and daughters of God to wake up and be who they're called to be in Christ, to take this thing, you know, take the horns of the altar and begin to stand and begin to fight and begin to petition before the Lord for the change. That's why Second Chronicles 7.14 says if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face then I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. There's the participation of the saints. There's the participation of the sons and daughters of God waking up and and stepping into the reality of who they are stepping into the reality of the kingdom of the kingdom of heaven and making it manifest on the earth. You know what you're saying with some of the friends and stuff who, who may have walked in a relationship with God but don't maybe walk in the fullness of his power on the earth. Um, you know, it frustrates me so much just to see people so dictated by circumstances and situations when the kingdom around is supposed to change the the kingdom within, supposed to alter the kingdom around. That's why Matthew 18, 18 says, you'll bind on earth what's bound in heaven. You'll loose on earth what's loose in heaven. The reality of why we don't see this concurrent manifestation is a lot of people don't know what exists there. A lot of people haven't spent time at the feet of Jesus. The Bible says in Psalms that the oil dripped from the beard of Aaron, uh, of of the priest Aaron. And so it is in his presence that the oil drips from his beard. The reason a lot lot of us don't have oil on our lives is because we haven't sat at the feet of Jesus. We haven't yeah. spent time in his presence. We haven't set, spent time in his courts and allow the oil of heaven to saturate every part of who we are so that we resound with the fire and the fragrance of heaven everywhere we go and the kingdom ar- within alters and changes the kingdom around. That's why God gave us dominion and power and authority over all the earth. We see this in Genesis. The first commandment wasn't given to Moses contrary to popular belief. The first commandment was Genesis 2:28 when he said be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth. Right and gives Adam dominion authority. Adam comes to God. He says, God, what do I name the animals? And God's like, why are you asking me? He said, you name them and whatever you name them, so they shall be. Ezekiel 37, he comes to a valley of dry bones, and he's like, can these bones live again? And God's like, why are you asking me? You prophesy that the winds will come from the north, the south, the east, and the west, right? And so God, there is a clarion call for the people of God to rise up and understand that the dominion, power, and authority was given to us. Jesus Christ is the king of all kings. Well, who's he the king over? Us. The sons and daughters of God. To awaken. The, The Bible says that the earth is groaning for the manifestations of the sons of men. Well, now is the time to arise. Now is the time to take our place. Now the time to realize is greater he is he who is in us than he who is in the world you have the power dominion and authority that was given to you before the foundations of the earth that was given in genesis that you would have dominion and power and authority over all the earth command the situations to change command life we get so accustomed mm-hmm. in today's church that I decree and I declare, and, I, and I, I get where it's coming from. But what if I told you that everything, every word you speak is a decree and a declaration because you were an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven and, and you have the authority. That's why he said not to let any idle word come out of our mouth, that everything that we speak is a decree and a declaration of the kingdom of God, of ambassadors of heaven. And so that's why we power and life, of de- life and death is in the tongue.
1: Mm, dude. Yeah. That's, I wrote that down too. the kingdom within us is supposed to affect the kingdom around us. That's a quote, everybody <laughs> write it down, put it on your mirrors. And you look at it in the morning and ask what that means. I think that so often too, we look at like, um, even in the midst, people can hear a message like this and go, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, but they, in the, their head, they're going, I'm going to play it safe still. And Lord, please don't ask me to do anything outside of my comfort. Zone. Right. But man, like that's, like I've never, when when I've uh, even doing this uh, was outside of my comfort zone. I'm an extrovert. I'm an outward processor. But even then it was realizing um, being out in the public eye, but knowing that that's what I was supposed to do. Um, I, I know there's some people that may look at this and go, oh man, I would love to do that. But for me at the time, I was in a quiet season for, man, like I have talked about it before on the show, like eight years, I think it was like an eight year quiet season where the Lord really just worked on a lot of stuff with inside of me. I um, mean, I used to be in leadership and things like that. And I got taken out of that. And God was really just uh, preparing me for what I'm doing now. And I think that um, I got very comfortable in that quiet season. And so for some of you, God may be asking you to take a big step, to do something that is outside of your comfort zone. And wow. I think in this season, it's really important that we don't have preconceived notions about what that's going to look like. Oh, yeah, God's going to call me. He's going to open doors, to revival. Don't have the the only priority we have is to seek his face. And uh-huh. I think that that I found that even in my own life, when I make seeking his face, that oil you're talking about getting that fresh oil, seeking his face, all that other stuff that I had questions about, man, like it just like God opens the doors. He figures that stuff out as so long as I'm following uh-huh. him and I'm seeking him. And I think that's the important thing It's not feeling this burden of all this other stuff. And I don't know why I'm saying this. I just feel like somebody needs to hear that's this. It's right. good. You know, but that it's more important that we just focus on him. Don't work out this formula. As a guy who used to put formulas on everything, don't do it. Just don't do it, people. You know. So yeah, I I love this. I think this is great. Um, yeah. What's it been like, even in in Kentucky? Like, how have you seen this this kind of playing out? What, what the Lord is showing you.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, as of recent, it's been really a strategic season for us for, for two years when COVID happened, we really spent two years on the road, just itinerant ministry. And that's where consuming loves was love was really birth. Um, we had a school of ministry for three years where we have, we have a real big heart and focus on discipleship, on raising up leaders. And, uh, for two years, the Lord told us to drop everything and begin to travel and just begin to lift up the arms of other pastors and leaders. Awesome. And so we begin to travel directly around the state of Kentucky and just kind of lifting up arms in the seat in that season, um, and just praying for our. Revival to hit the churches and just building relationship and truly believing that this revival is going to be a cross denominational, cross segregational mm-hmm. revival that's going to reach past denominational barriers and truly pour out a spirit in all flesh. And so it was really just the cry of, of how can we help? How can we just you know? we just wanted to be there to be a blessing. And so for the last two years is what we really began to just lay the the groundwork and the foundation for where we believe that God was taking not only us, uh, not only the state of Kentucky, but also this nation because we believe that revival is our portion. You know, and everything that you're saying is is so true. John 12, 32 said, if I be lifted high, I'll draw all men unto me. And so the cure is not more programs and formulas. Like he said, it's if if he be lifted high, he'll draw all men unto him. And when we behold the lamb, the Bible says we're taken from glory to glory to glory. You know, and so I kept telling everybody, I said, a lot of people talk about glory to glory. I said, and they, a, lot, a lot of them talk about the glory, but very few people focus on the word in between, which is two. I said, so what if you're just in a season of, of two? What if you're just in a season of uh, from glory? glory to greater measures of glory. And you're just in that season of transition and process. And so God does not do any, you know, God, God does these things and allows these things, but it's the setting up for what he's pouring out. And that's why we're starting to see these strategic shifts that are beginning to take place. Um, but I also believe that, that God shakes the tree. Uh, I believe that it was also a season of shaking, I should say um, where God was, was reclaiming the foundation. You know, Isaiah 58 says, I'll call you to be repairs of the breach or stores in the ancient paths in which to dwell. When in order to rebuild a breach, you have to find first, find the breach. And so I believe that God was really beginning to show breaches within our own camp, um, meaning the, the big, the big church as a whole, um, and also just in our own hearts. And so I think it was really a, just a season of, of searching the heart, um, just individually, but also corporately and just repairing the breach in the, in the army of the Lord, we're beginning to set, lay the proper foundation for where we were going, the direction of the church, um. And just kind of setting up, up camp for what the Lord was getting ready to do and getting ready to pour out. And so um, that's really what it's been for the last two years. And then right now, we've just been in a season of really just focused on focused discipleship, um, just deliverance, just healing, just training the people and just kind of readying the hearts of the people for the growth. You know, you mm-hmm. sow in the direction you want your heart to go. And so we're just kind of sowing for the for the for the outpour that God's getting ready to pour
1: out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that's been so amazing about what God is doing with this is, number one, it's not. One figurehead that's like being spirit, you know, it's spearheaded awesome. by one group. It's it's everybody, and then it's even like those people going to those meetings are going and like, oh, we can do that. Let's just we want to see God move. Let's do this, and God shows up. And I think that it's been amazing to show that like this is about God. This is about His sovereignty. This is about His glory, not ours. And so I love seeing that. I mean, this is happening all over the place, that's all right. over the world, all over the country, and um. And also the, the thing that gets me the most stoked is the multi-denominational, just God, just like, forget it. Let's just, on. <laughs> and I, that has been the thing that has been so amazing. And one of the, I had a great conversation with my mother-in-law over the weekend, and she was talking about, she said, you know, my generation, I really feel like we were, we were, we had a lot of different groups that were very focused on the word. She's like, the word is great, you know, but they were just so so focused on the word um, and then the the Pentecostal movement happened and they were, you know, some of them kind of had their heads in, in, in the clouds and I'm not knocking the, the Pentecostal right, right. movement at all. Um, but she's like, what I've noticed about the younger generations is a melding of those two movements where you have the power of the word, but you also have, you know, moving in God's power. And obviously yeah. there were pockets of, cause there's people, well, my church, we were totally both those. <laughs> yes. Right. But I'm talking about on a large scale where it's like, you're yeah. having you know you're um and that's why whenever i see like any kind of a a pastor who maybe i respect uh but is a cessationist I man i just pray for him all the time man i'm like I, god just give him dreams give him encounters yeah. like cuz that's what that's the business that god is about and that's what he's all about right now and, and we're going to see that increasingly so it's not just like oh this is nice it's like no get ready <laughs> it's coming on it's just gonna keep ramping up uh and it's just man, it's such an exciting time like so exciting so hey. yeah
2: hey, amen it is and, and and my heart believes that too as well that it is a collaboration you're right it's it's you know there was Definitely different, different pockets and we have to honor them, right? We have to honor Toronto. We have to honor sure. Brandon, we honor these different moves, of the yeah. spirit, these outpouring of the spirit, you know, and, and I look at, it and I think I have a different perspective, the, the older I get and the, and the more that I grow in the Lord, I begin to have this different perspective. Um, we're realizing that generations just did the best of what they knew how with the time period that they had, and they were experiencing revolutions and, and, and new revelation of God, right? And they were just running with that revelation. And it was awesome to see God manifest in that way, you know, but it, but it began to begin to lack in one area or the other. Right. And, um, you know, and so great moves of God, but you know, we can talk about certain moves that were hey, were great in this area, but we're fatherless didn't have any fathers in that movement where that, you know, and, and so they, they all had this, this area that lacked because, and, and we can tell how, how can we tell this? Because they died out, you know, they fizzled out and God's heart is not to start a thing and to revive a thing for it to die out. You know, it's things that get in the way, it's people that get in the way, it's all these, you know, and, and so, And and so again, not knocking any of it, but I believe that what the Lord's doing, the Lord spoke to me when I was in college, right after right after that encounter in jail, six months later, seeing God move in power. And I remember the Lord audibly speaking to me one day, and he said, Tyler, so what I'm getting ready to pour out, it's not the first great awakening, it's not the second great awakening, it's the greatest awakening. Well, now we'll awaken the bride and she won't fall back asleep into her slumber. And I remember it shaking me to the core, and I've been prophesying that for the last ten years, that it's that it's gonna awaken the bride and she won't fall back asleep into her slumber. That the runaway bride's coming back to the altar to finish what was started. To finish Mm -hmm. what was started. And I truly believe that the revival we're in, um, you know, no man knows the time nor hour. I know we're getting I know we're closer than anyone's ever been right to the return of Jesus. Uh, And I don't know if this revival lasts 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 100 years. You know, I I know that I'm going to try to see as many souls saved as I can. You know, I'm not waiting for him to capture me out of here. I'm going to see as many souls saved as we can until the glory of God, until God comes back. Right. But what I believe is that this last revival, which I believe we're in now, I believe we're experiencing, I believe it is a generation, right? That's spearheading this, um, that it's not just for one person, but it's for a generation to inhabit. That's what, that's what's so amazing is it's not just one or two people. It's for a generation to inhabit. You know, we're only fed according to our amount of hunger and how much hunger we have these things determines what we're fed, but it's available. And he says, Behold, in Revelation 3, right? Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Well, right now, the Lord is knocking at the door of the church, and he's he's waiting for us to invite him in. And I believe that we are on the precipice. The scales of justice are tipping. The prayer bowls of heaven have filled up for such a time as this. And we are truly on the precipice of the greatest outpouring of the Spirit that the earth has ever seen. What truly will be uh, denoted as what no eye has seen, no ear has heard. What's getting ready to take place in the earth
0: help elijah fire continue to make an impact around the world all donations go toward making elijah fire and the elijah fire podcast possible visit elijahfirecom slash donate and become a partner today mm,
1: man yeah when i've i've shared this vision on this show before but what we're talking about always brings me back to that that it was this was probably i don't know i i want to say it was probably early 2020 middle of 2020 so it was really before we started seeing a lot of this stuff really taking root and really happening um at least for me um and um and i was listening to a song and all of a sudden i was like standing in this big kind of rolling hills area and i looked down and i could see the dirt was rumbling so i bent down and i started looking at it and then all of a sudden i looked i could feel commotion on my left and my right so i looked around and i saw uh, in in my head i heard The armies of the lord and it was all these different units these different pockets and it was denominations it was generations and they were all the important things they were all facing the same direction they were all in one accord and and really you looking at these different units denominations or generations well when you have different units within even just like a medieval battle right you've got your archers you've got your swordsmen you've got your pikesmen you've got your cavalry you've got your guys operating siege engines and, and you have all these different units that specialize in something and the, them together make them strong, them together make them efficient. And I think that instead of looking at, well, you're doing this wrong and you should be doing this, looking at the areas that God, whatever movement God birthed, where they, they did do some things right. Like you were talking about looking at those things and going great. Okay. But we're all, God intends us to all be of one body and coming together, experience, knowledge, all these things coming together to make us strong and and into the singular bride like you were talking about. It's huge.
2: Come on. So good. So good. I love that.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about what uh, I see a note in here about restoring the tabernacle of David. What's that about bro,
2: man, come on. We can, we can go a lot on, that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the Lord, uh, the Lord had told me that, that in this hour and I was just, you know, to, uh, just sitting there with the Lord and praying with the Lord and the Lord began to just kind of, uh, just drop some some just nuggets in my spirit of what he was doing in this hour and what I felt like he was causing a, a shift in this hour. And one of those things was the restoration of the tabernacle of David, you know, and knowing that the tabernacle, uh, we, we know it for worship, but it was much more than that, you know. It was such a monumental time in, in that period to experience that David began to experience a, a degree of presence that some would say is really ahead of his time. And remember before that the ark was with the tabernacle of Moses, where would be the tabernacle of congregation for for four. 40 years until uh, till David begins to build up on Mount Zion and Jerusalem, the, the tabernacle of David. And whereas before only certain clergy were uh, were able to step into the presence, now what was established was for all to be welcomed, for all what we're talking about, team ministry. I believe we're in an hour of team ministry like nothing we've ever seen before. I believe this the, the, the era of family, I believe we're stepping into two eras, the era of family and the era of kingdom and kingdom is family, and I believe it's the the collaboration of both. I believe it's the understanding of kingdom power, but it's also the understanding of family, and truly coming together of of a family like never before. I believe that God's dealing with, I know I'm coming off now, but I'm just speaking prophetically what I hear, that God's dealing with the orphan spirit in the church, because no matter how bad an orphan wants to celebrate family, it always comes under the eyes of the spirit of of competition, because they're so used to trying to get picked and trying to get the attention, Um, but the, the, the Bible says that we've all been given the spirit of adoption by which we cry out before father and God's dealing with the orphan spirit in the church. And he's bringing the restoration of the family unit. And he's bringing the restoration of family. And we are stepping into the age, into the era of family and kingdom. Amen. But, um, with the tabernacle of David it made a, it made a way for all to be available for for all to worship you know whereas before it was sacrifices of animals he made a way for sacrifice his sacrifices were of praise and joy and thanksgiving right psalms 100 verse 4 says i enter his gates with thanksgiving i enter his courts with praise and so it began to break open a dimension of worship um that wasn't just the priests or the clergy it was for all to experience the presence of god and so and and it was this this night and day day and night kind of style of worship And so that's what the Lord is calling us to is is that we 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 let the fire we wouldn't let the fire on our altar burn out. So part of the restoration of the tabernacle of David is keeping the fire, that we're not just fire starters, we're flame keepers. We're called to be flame keepers who keep the flames of revival burning, who keep the fire on our altar burning, and day and night and night and day sitting in the presence of God. Matthew 4, Jesus being led into the wilderness. And and Satan comes in, he says, If you really are the Son of God, why don't you turn the stone into bread? And Jesus responds, and he says, Man can't live off bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And what he says there is not the logos, it's the rhema. It, it says, Not man's man can't live off bread alone, but by every rhema word, every spoken word that currently flows forth from the mouth of God. You know, how do you how do you hear every word that currently flows from forth from the mouth of God? Let's fast forward. Matthew 5 8, bless the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Hebrews 12, without holiness, no man shall see God. Psalms, right? With a who can ascend on the hill of the most high God, but those who have clean hands and pure hearts. So purity still matters. It's a, but God is calling us to, to sit at the throne of God. He's calling us to sit before his presence. He's calling us to, to steward the flame of revival in our generation. And part of that does look like what was established with the tabernacle of David, where it's this unending worship, this unending communion, right? That I, that I meditate on you day and night right and, and so it's the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you and it's just this place of just constant communion because jesus came to seek and save that which was lost well what was lost it was koinia it was communion with god and so it's the restoration of communion it's the restoration of unending worship and praise um where it's right after that moment he comes out dancing and you know uh and 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 saul's daughter you know calls him a fool for 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 taking off his, his outer robe like that right but it was just this unrelenting worship after the after the presence of god and after the throne of God. Um, and so I, I believe with that, that the Lord is calling forth the restoration of the tabernacle. Actually, Amos 9-11 says that I'll call you to restore David's fallen shelter. It says, mm-hmm. I'll call you to repair its broken walls and restore its ruins and rebuild it as it used to be. And so I believe that that's what we're stepping into. And it was also a place that hosted the glory. Mm-hmm. Right? It was a place that hosted the glory of God. And so I believe that that's what the Lord's doing in the earth right now is he's calling up a true Davidic bride who will worship him in spirit and truth, who will let the fire on their altar not burn out. You know, we've traded uh, somewhere along the lines. We've traded our altar for monuments. What's the difference? Monuments are made of man's accolades, but a a fire only falls upon the sacrifice and altars where the sacrifice is. Mm. Somewhere along the line, we removed our sacrifice, but the sacrifice is the bloodshed. And it's getting in God's and God's calling us back to the altar of intimacy with him the altar mm. of presence to establish this night and day, day to night communion and allowing the, the the fire on our altar not to burn out.
1: Mm. So what would you say to people that maybe they, maybe they're not in leadership, but maybe they desire this for their church body. Um, and maybe, maybe their leaders aren't quite in, in alignment with this yet. They don't quite get this. What would you, what, what would you advise to people that maybe find themselves in that position?
2: Yeah. So, those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit's saying, right? And so there's a reason why the Lord is is activating you. There's a reason why He's pulling on your heartstrings. You know, we're, we're all called to, to, to steward to steward this, right? You don't have to be just a, a preacher or a leader to steward a revival. You don't have to be a, a preacher or a pastor to to go out and evangelize. The Bible says we're all called to the work of an evangelist. You know, and if there's a stirring in your heart, the greatest role that you could have is is that of an intercessor. You know, Joseph Joseph had this dream and he said, the moon and stars will bow down to me. He was right and what he saw, he was kind of premature uh, in the manifestation of that calling. And sometimes what we see is not just a, a direct call to go out and call out everything we see in somebody, but the greatest call is that of an intercessor. The greatest support you can be is to be an intercessor to those around you because you believe in the vision, the heartbeat, and God's the one who establishes leaders. God's the one who establishes kings, right? And so there was leaders that were placed in your life for a reason. And, you know, even Nathan comes to David and we know that, that God literally decides to call the lineage of Jesus and call Jesus his only son, you know, his son, the son of david for all of eternity such a uh, just such an honor that was bestowed on him but we know what the lineage of david looked like we know what we know what david went through but yet david's having this encounter where he's where he's becoming blind and he's and he's not seeing what the, the sin that's erupting in his life and then the prophet nathan comes and he doesn't even understand that the story that nathan's telling is about him and so sometimes we have to understand that that the the bible says that the thief comes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour Right. And so none of us, no matter, I remember hearing Bill Johnson said, I'm 10 seconds away from a failure at any time. And this is Bill Johnson, right? Pastor of Bethel. And he said, I'm 10 seconds away from a failure at any time. Reality is, is no matter, no matter who we are, whether we've been with him for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, we're all susceptible to failure. The moment we stop beholding him, Peter's walking on water. And the Bible says, when he looks away, he begins to sink. Excuse me, and 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 so the moment we stop looking at him, we're in danger. That's the that's the real reality, guys. Is that you know for so long the church said that he's my he's my 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 crutch, right? But reality is is he's my stretcher, he's my he's my wheelchair. I'm not just a little handicapped without him. I'm I'm completely handicapped without him. Yeah, he's the centrality of our entire beings. He's he's the moment I the, the reason I rise, the reason I you know the reason I get up in the morning is, is because his mercy finds me every day. Mm-hmm. And so reality is, is, is no matter who we are, we're all susceptible to failure apart from him. It's, it's total dependency on him. The Bible says that in my weakness, he's made strong. What's that mean? It means reality is, is every area I boast in my own strength I negate the power thereof. When I come to the end of my own strength, I can truly receive his. That's why Paul at the beginning of his ministry said, I'm the chief of apostles, right? Halfway through, he said, I'm the chief of sinners. By the end of his ministry, he said, I'm the least of all. And what he began to realize was that in his progression was in his degression was his progression as he decreased, he increased. Mm-hmm. as he decreased he increased the more that he let go of of this man the more he could take on christ and so reality is 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 for your leaders as god put him there and and i believe that there's things that they are doing well i believe there's things that they are that they are doing good but maybe if it's the glimpses of revival that they haven't experienced you pray for awakening pray for an encounter see the revelation 19 says that the testimony of jesus is the spirit of prophecy and so we can call on those same those same words that and and same things that we've seen god do over the generations and call it into now Time. What I mean by that, God's encountering Muslims in the Middle East who have nobody preaching the gospel to them, and He's encountering them in dreams and visions. He's awakening them in the middle of the night. Right. The testimony of Jesus, the Spirit of prophecy. I begin to pray. I pray that's I pray an aggressive prayer over loved ones who aren't saved. I pray an aggressive prayer when anyone asks me to pray for their kids. I say, God, disrupt them. Don't don't let them sleep. Don't let them eat. Don't let them don't let them do anything until they give their life to you, God. I pray that you would just disrupt their whole life. Um, you know, make it miserable. Annoying, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah just knock on their door you know and and i just use that same testimony that god you're encountering muslims in the middle of the east You know, your Bible says to keep me in remembrance of my word and war over these promises. Well, you're encountering Muslims like this. Won't you encounter them? And so I believe for your pastors and for your leaders, as you just begin to partner with intercession, as you begin to partner with plea, I mean, look at the testimony that we're seeing right now with Roe v. Wade being overturned. That's 50 years of prayer, but it happened and it's here and God's Mm -hmm. manifesting his spirit in special ways. So don't give up. You never know what's contingent on your prayers. You never know what's contingent on your intercession. You never know what what 30 more minutes of pressing into the presence of God could break, could Forth, And so maybe God puts you in there for a reason. Perhaps this is the time in which you've been created, right? Perhaps this is the time. And so God has given you a heart of revival. God has put a seed of revival in your heart. God has put you there to be an Aaron, to be a her, to raise up the arms of a leader in this generation. We don't need more leaders falling. We need more leaders being lifted up. We need more people standing by them and saying, come on, that's not who you are. You can do this. We need more Mm -hmm. people standing by them and saying, come on, let's fight the good fight. Let's finish well. Let's keep on going. And so I would say for, I know that was a long around answer to come back to the central point, but reality is, is stand and pray, stand and fight, go to the prayer, go to the inner room, shut the door and begin to pray and plead for the intervention of the Lord begin to pray for revival to hit your city begin to pray for revival to hit your church begin to pray for your pastor to awaken to the reality of who he is that this would become his present reality that he would come to know the height, steps, widths of God's love that surpasses knowledge that he would step into the reality of the presence of God in such a new way that he couldn't help but experience and be an experiential partner of revival that God would wear him like a glove that the Holy Spirit would put him on like a glove and use him as a leader in this generation use him to stir up revival in that in that, in that region, in that
1: city, in that church, and just be his greatest intercessor. Mm, That's good. I think that's great advice. I think that's great advice, Tyler. Um, So let's talk about, man, we're we're cruising, man. We're almost out of time, but I wanted to hit on solidification of identity. Let's talk about that. What do you have to say about that?
2: Yeah, come on. So solidification of identity, you know, uh, for so long, I think the church got it backwards. What I mean by that is, you know, in the 80s, we're going to see the reemergence of the the office or the fivefold grace of the prophet. And really in the 2000s, we begin to see the emergence of the apostolic ministry and 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 to to, you know, and, and where we are currently. I think there's been extremes on both sides of that. Um, but I think a lot of people have gotten it wrong in the sense of. Before Jesus was ever moved in a before Jesus was ever moved in a public in public ministry, before he ever moved in a miracle, moved in a sign, moved in a wonder, he was first publicly acknowledged by the Father. And Mark, it says that this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Right? And so identity preceded position. It preceded anointing. It preceded the manifestation of the spirit. And, and, and so my my whole heart in that is that God is solidifying identity. For so many people, we've learned position, where we learned uh, apostolic grace, where we've learned uh, our, our calling before our true identity in Christ. And our first, our highest calling is that we're sons of God. You know, when Elijah, the last thing Elijah does before he's getting taken up in the chariots of fire is he throws down his mantle. Why? Because his mantle is not needed for where he's going. It was only needed for the earth. We don't enter the throne as an apostle, as a prophet, as a pastor, evangelist teacher. We enter the throne as sons. Hmm. Right. And so the fivefold graces is God's government and governance and order on the earth. But it's not needed for where we're going. It's needed for here to establish the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And so I believe it for for people even just outside of that, just in in every role of just ministry is that God is reestablishing identity, the beloved, our identity in the beloved, that that really is your highest calling is just to be a son of God is to just know that you're loved deeply by the Father, and that precedes all things, because you can get miracles, you can get signs, you can get wonders and not have Jesus. You know, but... If you get Jesus, you get it all. He said, these signs and wonders follow those who believe. If you get him, you get it all. If you learn to step into the place above second heavenly warfare, and you just step into the presence of God, above powers and principalities, above rulers of wickedness, above all these things, right? A snake doesn't fight. An eagle doesn't fight a snake on the ground. It brings it up into an atmosphere that's not conducive for its survival, right? All you have to do is come up higher. And as you step into the presence of God, all these things can't help but to follow because you bring heaven to earth. That's why in Acts 5, 16, Peter, Peter's walking past Jerusalem, and it says that his shadow was casted upon the people. Everybody who was lame, everybody who was crippled, everybody who was disease ridden, right? They were all completely healed, delivered, and set free. That's just his shadow was cast upon the people. Why? Because the closer you get to the sun, the bigger your shadow. And he was just, walking. it wasn't just Peter walking past Jerusalem. It was Peter and Jesus walking hand in hand. And I believe that they were walking past, and he became so convinced of who he was, right? This was the man that denied Jesus three times before the cock crowed. But yet we find him on the shore, right? Chapters later, we find him on the shore with Jesus and Jesus says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Then feed my little lambs. Do you love me? Right. And he's reiterating this identity when he finds Peter. It says that Peter was out there fishing. Right, doing the thing that he once did—the very identity that Jesus brought him from—and what he did was when he when he realized that it was Jesus. Uh, I love that part uh, uh, where the uh, of that passage where it says that when he realized that it was Jesus, he tore off his garment, he tore off his outer coat, which in that day represented your identity. What you did meant who, equaled who you were. And so the, I remember that's just Jesus, the carpenter's son, right? It was your, what you did associated your identity. And so here he is going back to the former thing in which he, in which he once did. And Jesus comes on the shore. He realizes that Jesus, he rips off his coat, which represents his identity and he runs out to the shore and we see this reconciliation, this restoration. And I believe that in that moment he became so convinced of how deeply loved he was by Jesus and of his identity in Christ that when he's walking past Jerusalem, He's not looking at what's around him. He's so focused on the son of God. He's so focused. He's like, man, I'm not letting eyes off you again. I'm not looking away again. And I believe that it's just Jesus and Peter walking hand in hand. And I believe in that moment, a chasm of time and space collided and heaven met earth. And so I just believe it's so uh, so important and so potent in this hour for us to understand who we are. You know, the biggest identity theft is happening right now in the earth. We see it all. We see it all with the, with the LGBT agenda and everything that's being driven in the schools uh, from, from young to old, for, you know, YouTube, all these things. I mean, kids games. I mean, it's everywhere. It's these agendas that are trying to be inflicted in such a world identity. The biggest identity theft is happening right now. And it's towards the sons and daughters of God. You know, and it's men trying to be women and women trying to be men. And reality is, is, is we need more men to rise up and put calluses on their hands in this hour. We need more men to understand and be men. And, and but the Lord told me, he spoke to me the other day and he said, Tyler, it's more than just the identity on men and women. He said, it's after the position seat of mothers and fathers. Mm. And it goes back to bringing a full circle to the beginning of this conversation, is that there's need for mothers and fathers. There's a need for the generations. And so it's so much bigger than that. And I believe that what God is doing is re-solidifying our identity in Christ. And when we understand that, I truly believe that we can't be shaken. The Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It doesn't say they won't form. It says they won't prosper. You know that's why when things wage around me I, I don't really pay attention to them because I know who I am. I know the call of my life. I know that the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the blood of Abel, right? I know these things that, that I find in his word and that's my identity. That's my truth. That's my present reality. So these things may go around me but they can't shake shake who I am because at the core he's this, he's the anchor of my soul. And so I believe that the Lord is solidifying the, our identity in Christ so that we can move forth in this hour with boldness. We can move forth in this hour because he's more concerned with longevity than he is. Uh, he's He's not concerned with people who are going to rise up and fall. He's looking for people who can endure to the end.
0: Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Now back to the show.
1: So I want to go back to something that you said. Uh, really quick because it's something that I always try to point out whenever anybody says something under the influence of the spirit and they say it. You mentioned uh, kind of a restoration of fathers and mothers, but also people picking up the mantle of fathers and mothers. You basically said something similar to that. Can you talk just a little bit more about that? Uh, Because there are some people that fall into that category Maybe they're in the baby boomer generation, or even the tail end of the Gen X, uh, and um, they may, f- may be feeling a burden to be like, I I feel like I'm supposed to be doing this to younger generate the younger generations. Yeah.
2: So there's such a need for mothers and fathers in this hour, and just the again the the synergy of the ages coming together. I believe we are in an hour of Malachi, where the hearts of the fathers are turned to the sons, and the sons to the fathers. And so there's such a need to raise up. You know, again, it goes back to the first commandment wasn't given to Moses. The first commandment was Genesis two twenty eight, and he says, "Be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth." What does that mean? It means be a father. Raise up the next generation. Jesus then reiterates this, right? What's the what's the great commission? He says go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all the ends of the earth, cast out, cast out demons, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, heal the sick, go and make disciples of all nations. Was the same reiteration of what what was what was dropped and what was failed in Genesis, which was to subdue the earth with the goodness of God. And so he's saying again, hey, I went back, I got the keys of the kingdom. Go make disciples of all nations, move in power, reproduce after your own kind. And so to to, to negate the the call the great the call of the Great Commission, which is to raise up the next generation. I mean, that is it. It's to raise up the next generation. It's to reproduce after our own kind. It's follow me as I follow Christ, right? As, as Paul said, it's it's to begin to to pour out everything so that the next gen so that our ceiling would become the next generation's floor. And again, you can only receive from that, which you honor, but you only have authority over that, which you love. And so when there's a love for the next generation, the, the authority of God flows through that, but it flows from mothers to fathers and fathers to mothers. And it is a generational blessing, you know, and, and real fathers will will see to it that you finish well, you know, when the la when Elijah comes and he says, what do you ask of me? And he says, I want a double portion of your spirit. He says, he says, you ask a hard thing. He said, but if you see me when I go, it'll be yours. He didn't say if you prophesy well. He didn't say if you do everything right. He didn't say if you can go and, and, and see all these people healed. He didn't say if, if you represent me well. He said, if you, if you see me when I go, what does that mean? If you can finish to the end, if you can endure, if you can be there when I'm gone, what you ask of me will be yours. And so real fathers aren't concerned with anything else. They're concerned with seeing the generation fulfill the call of God on their life. They're Mm -hmm. concerned with seeing seeing their ceiling become the next generation's floor. In fact, if you go through all, all biblical accounts, Elisha did do double what Elisha did and was able to accomplish, and that is the true example of a father. When Paul leaves Rome in, in Acts twenty-five, I believe it is. You know, this is this is things that, that minister ministered to me, and says that he's he's leaving there after three years' of being there, and it says that they that he falls on his knees, and it says it makes me want to cry. Just think about it. it. Says that he falls on his knees, and it says that the people and the elders of of the church fall down, they begin to kiss his neck, knowing they never see him again. Hmm. And I think about what impact. A father has to have for that to be their response and so fathers aren't distant fathers are very much on the ground fathers are very much within within arm's reach they're not distant and so it's one thing that god's restoring in this hour is is our role as sons but also the role of fathers
1: mm. mm. and that's so good so good and I know, like, there's just some people that are listening. That I mean, it's just it's like, like hitting them super deep right now. So let's just jump right in, um, unless there's something else that you feel like you you want to communicate. I would love for you to just pray for the people. Yeah. Um, take as much time as you need, man. Absolutely.
2: Oh, Father, we just thank you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just feel the wind of God and the reverence of his spirit just I just feel the wind of God and there's the reverence of his spirit just beginning to fill this broadcast. She carro popopo shandore pepepepepepepe, she carra pa papa so ra pa papa, le mando robopo I just see the Lord beginning to heal wounds right now in the spirit i just seen him i just saw the sword in the spirit and the sword was on fire and i saw the lord just beginning to just to, to to put it on your wounds the wound of a heart i just saw a heart in the spirit and i saw the lord taking this this sword of fire and he was touching it to this wound and it was like he was uh cauterizing this wound uh of the heart and i always say this the same sword that cuts is the same sword that heals and what i believe the lord is saying is that there's a lot of folks that have been hurt um even on this broadcast who who may have been hurt by ministry, You may have been hurt by leaders, who may have been hurt by fathers in the body of Christ, maybe fathers in the natural, and it's caused you to to even walk away from the church for a season and time where you're st- you still have a heartbeat for the Lord, you're still watching broadcasts like this, you still have a hunger for His presence, but you're like, there's nowhere for me to call home. And it's like this shame and this fear of being hurt again. But the Lord says that today that He's calling you and He dares you to love again. He dares you to dream again with Him. And I believe that the Lord is healing wounds and He's mending hearts. I believe that He's healing wounds and He's mending hearts. I believe that He's healing wounds and He's mending hearts. Mm -hmm. Father, I thank You right now, Lord Father. I thank you, Lord, that shame is not our portion. I thank you that guilt's not our portion, God. I thank you, Lord, that whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I thank you, Father, that you're bringing freedom onto this broadcast, Father. I thank you, Lord, the freedom of the heart. I thank you, Lord, the freedom of offense. Father, I thank you, Lord, that it's being torn down and broken right now. Father, we just come against every lie, Lord, Father, that would be spoken against your sons and daughters, Lord, Father. Every every lie that's waged war on identity, every lie that's tried to speak that they're not good enough, Father, that they need to be alone, that they need to be an island, Father, we just rebuke that lie right now in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we just speak that no man's an island. Father, we just speak for the the generations, Lord, and for the people that are watching who, who might relate to this story, Father. We just speak that they are truly coming in to the land. Of divine inheritance, Father, we just speak over them that they are truly coming in to a place of family. God, I just thank you right now, Father, that even the next t- couple days, Lord Father, that they will step into family unlike ever before. That this will truly be an hour that labors begin to come to the left and to the right to raise up their arms. It feels like you've 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 given all that you have to give. You've given to different to different men and women. You've you've given to different family members, and you're and you've you just constantly poured out. But the Lord says that He's sending laborers. He's sending people to lift up your harms. He's sending friends that will stick closer than brothers in this hour. And you will come into the experiential grace of true family, of true kingdom family that cannot be shaken, that cannot be destroyed, where you're not going to feel alone. You're not going to feel like it's just you. I I hear somebody that literally has cried out even this week, uh, maybe even this morning, just saying, God, I don't know how much longer I can go. I don't know how much more I can bear. But the Bible says that his burden is easy and his yoke is light. And I thank you, Father, for the anointing that destroys the yoke. I thank you, Father, right now, Father, for every false burden being broken off of them right now in the name of Jesus. Every burden that you were not supposed to carry, I command it to be broken off your shoulders right now in the name of Jesus. I pray right now for a fresh wind to hit your sail. I pray for a fresh wind to hit your lungs. If that's you, just begin to take a deep breath right now. I just see the ruach of God literally just beginning to breathe over you. I just see a fresh breath breath hitting your lungs. It's like the rejuvenation of life from death to life. I just see uh, in the spirit, I just saw like this withered man just becoming fresh and young and just rejuvenated. And I just speak rejuvenation over you. The Bible says that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, they'll rise on wings like eagles, they'll walk and not grow weary, they'll run and not faint. And I just speak over you just a renewal of strength right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that every, every area of your life that's felt barren, every area of your life that's felt empty, I just command the filling of the Holy Ghost right now in the name of Jesus in name of Jesus I see a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost Just begin to pray in the spirit. I see a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost. I just feel like the Lord just wanting to baptize you afresh. I just see a lady and you're in the living room. You're sitting on your couch. It's like this gray fabric couch. And I just see the Lord hitting you right now i just see this fresh in feeling and father i just say baptize her right now fresh with the holy ghost release your fire god release your fragrance jesus let the fragrance of heaven begin to fill that room god let the aroma of your presence begin to fill that place Le mandosha I just see pain in the in in the right side of someone's neck. I just see pain in the right side of someone's neck. I can't see any of the comments on here, so I don't know if anyone's commenting. But if that's you, I just want to speak to you right now. just speak healing right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I just declare that every muscle, every ligament, every fiber of their being be restored right now according according to their creative value. I just command healing right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, all pain go. All pain go right now in the name of Jesus. All pain go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just saw in the spirit, I saw like this doctor walking out with this report, and I saw him flipping back a clipboard, and on it began to read cancer. And I just, I saw this tumor being literally shrinking in the spirit. And I just want to speak and reverse every medical diagnosis that's been placed over your life. Father, right now, we just break every curse and every lie of the enemy. We renounce every assignment of the enemy. We renounce every, every word curse right now in the name of Jesus, every false diagnosis. Father, we break its power. And Father, we just declare the word of God over their life, that the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Father, we just declare right now that every muscle, every ligament, every fiber of their being is re- Realigning right now, according to the word of God. We break its power. We break the power of agreement, Father. We cancel out every demonic assignment and we release generational blessings right now. We release generational blessings right now. We release generational blessings right now. Shando robobosha. <speaking> I want to speak to ministry leaders. I just feel like uh, there, there's just this weariness. and I just feel this, this like the spirit of heaviness uh, uh, just with leaders in ministry. And I just want to speak to you, just encourage you uh, that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I want you to hear me. You will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You've been sowing. You've been praying. But the seeds, the, the, the tears that you shed in the last season are going to water the seeds of revival that are springing forth in your life in this season. So don't grow weary in well-doing because you will reap the harvest. You will reap the harvest. The spirit of heaviness is being broken now in the name of Jesus. Every false burden is being shattered and destroyed in the name of Jesus. And I want to encourage you that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. There's dreams and visions that the Lord's given you that have been put on a shelf. Even dreams that 15, 20 years ago for some folks. may maybe dreams that you even forgot about but the Lord says it's time to take them off the shelf. It's time to dust them off. It's time to rem- remind him of those words. Again, the Bible says to keep me in remembrance of my word and war over those promises. It's time to bring those to the forefront of your mind because I want to tell you that there's words that God spoke that you are going to see come to pass in this next season. There's words that are going to come to pass. They have been sitting on a shelf dormant for years, but there's an activation even right now in this broadcast where the Lord is breathing on these dreams. He's breathing on these visions. He's resurrecting old dreams and he's bringing them to life in the name of jesus in the name of jesus in the name of jesus father i thank you for the unisense Father, I thank you for the unison and the unity of the Spirit. I thank you, Father, Lord, that there's that there's regional revival centers that are that are even represented here. God, I thank you, Father. I just see, uh, uh, I saw a vision years ago, and I'm reminded of it right now. I remember seeing the the United States of America. And it was like the circuit board, and it was like lighting up in all these different cities. And I, I see that same vision again. It's got to be eight, ten years since I've seen this, but the Lord's reminding me of this in just conjunction everything we're saying. But I just see these revival hubs uh, just rising up in these cities, and I want to let you know, one, that you're not alone, but two, you're coming into a true season of family and unity of the faith. I just release a fresh grace to unite with, with different leaders in the region. Father, we just come against the spirit of competition, and we embrace the spirit of family. We come against the spirit of competition and we embrace the spirit of family. I thank you, Father, that you are uniting hearts and uniting minds. For a long time, it's felt like you're alone in what you see. For a long time, you saw a different way than the people around you. It was like, how, how are they so naive? Or how, how do they not see this? How do they not see what's going on here? But God gave you discernment. God gave you eyes to see and ears to hear what His Spirit's saying. And it was to pray for the breakthrough that's getting ready to happen for the breakthrough that's getting ready to 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 happen and i just believe that you've been called there and positioned there as gatekeepers in the city to unlock a gate of revival that's getting ready to take place but there's just a uniting of the hearts the same people that rejected you the same people that 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 may have pushed you away are now going to come to you uh, because they know that hey this person Gave me this word of the Lord. This person spoke these things, and I may have denied it. I may have rejected it for a season, but now I'm coming into my own. I'm coming into the realization uh, of His lordship. I'm coming into the realization of this is what we want. This is what we believe is the spirit of God for this region and for the city. And I just speak uh, regional unity in the name of Jesus. Regional unity in the name of Jesus, because this is how we're going to begin to see our nation revive. This is how we're going to begin to see a nation set free. Is as we join together unto the glory of God for the purpose of God. To heaven, Amen, and for the synchrony of heaven, for our hearts to be with the rhythm of His, and I so I just I just speak regional unity in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Shetari Bandoshivela Bande Limando Rotosha de Lebamasuko Robo Bobobosha Libra son de Lebaca Noshiveli Andoshana Limando Rebebe Lebrason de Lekia Robobosha. Father, I thank you for fresh dreams and fresh revelation. For fresh dreams and fresh revelation. I thank you for a people who will eat the scroll. That it will become sweet to their lips and bitter to their belly. Father, I thank you for, the tr- for a new awakening to who you are. Father, I pray right now that they would come to know the heights, depths, widths of your love that surpasses understanding. God, that you would bring them deeper, Lord, Father, into the depths of who you are and what you've created them. God, I thank you for fresh encounters in the middle of the night, fresh dreams, Father. Fresh dreams, Father. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I just see the Lord just bringing people on a fresh honeymoon period. You know, Genesis 13. It says that, that Abraham, this was after Abraham he was literally called the man of faith. It was at, He was in Egypt, and he lies about his wife being his sister. And he becomes so overtaken with fear. And it says after this, it says in Genesis 13, that he finds himself between Bethel and Ahi. Bethel, we know it means the house of God. Ahi means a heap of ruins. And it says that he finds himself between the house of God and a heap of ruins. And it says the place where he first built his altar and called upon the Lord. Some of you have found yourself between what feels like the heap of ruins and the house of God. And God's calling you to come back to your first love. God's coming, calling you to come back to the place where you first built an altar. And it was all about Him. Do you remember? Do you remember what it was like when He first called your name? Do you remember where you were at when you began to hear Him calling you? Do you remember where you were at when you first encountered the love of God? I just see God bringing a fresh remembrance to those things right now. And He's calling forth these remembrances for a reason. And He's saying, Son, I haven't forgotten. Daughter, I haven't forgotten. I haven't forgotten there's a lady on here who's praying for her son specifically i see a lady on here who who raised her family in church and her son's gone away and i want to speak to you and just say the lord's not forgotten mm. the lord's not forgotten his promise he's not forgotten the words that spoke over his life he's not forgotten uh, I, I just see even just different ministers preaching and and even prophesying over your son that he was called to preach the gospel and you know this and you believe this of him. But his life right now doesn't look like it's lining up with the words and the prophecies that have been spoken. But the Lord says, I have not forgotten, daughter. I've not forgotten. I've not forgotten my word. I am the one who's faithful to finish what I've started. I'm the one who was faithful to finish what I've started. And so, Father, I thank you right now, Father, for, for, for just a great disturbance Lord Father, in, in, in his life, Lord Father, God, that you would just disturb just His just everything that's not of you, God, and that you would wage war on everything that interferes with perfect love. And I thank you, Father, that you would just beckon his heart back to the place of seated in intimacy, of seated in intimacy with you, Father. I pray, Lord, that even tonight, Lord, today's the day of salvation. I pray that even tonight, Lord Father, that you would just begin to encounter him in a new way, that he would hear you, Lord, calling out his name like Samuel, Lord, And he would begin to be reminded of things of of earlier life. And he would begin to say, God, is that you? Father, is that you calling my name? Father, is that you? And Father, I thank you, Lord, that you would begin to release new life, that you begin to release fresh life. I want to remind you that in Psalms it says that a day in his presence is like a thousand elsewhere. So don't don't be worried about how how it looks too far gone. It's not too far gone. It's not too far gone, because God can do in a day what takes others' years. God can do in a day what, what takes others' years. I'm living proof of it. He can do in a day what takes others' years. And so I want to release over you that God can do in a day what takes others' years. That there's the ministry of reconciliation on your life, and He's reconciling His heart back to the Lord. And I just see just this fresh grace of acceleration that literally the moment His heart turns... The moment his heart turns, I just see an acceleration on his life that that what took others' years will take him days because he's stepping into a new measure of glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, ma kando shaba. Libra son de le I really feel just such a heavy ministry of reconciliation on this broadcast. Mm. Just such a reconciliation of hearts. Mm-hmm. Back to the Lord, families being reconciled. I just just If that's you, just receive it today. If that's you, just receive it. There's somebody on your heart, the Lord's putting them on your heart right now, that you need to reconcile with. Just receive that today. It's part of the purpose of where you're going. Every season of ascension is a new season of surrender. So every season the Lord calls us up, He calls us to surrender something else. And there's a new me- measure of surrender on your life. But there's things um, and, and people Lord, that the Lord's even specifically highlighting right now that just needs to be reconciled with. We just release fresh grace to reconcile. Mm. Uh, we release healing on this broadcast. I feel the fire of God in my hands. If that's you, if you need healing in your body, just begin to receive it right now. Mm. I see backs being healed. I see backs being healed. I see the lower back, specifically on the right side of the lower back. It's like your your disc. It's like the disc has been popped out of place. Le le So, Father, I just release healing right now. I just declare backs to be healed right now in Jesus' name. Command backs to be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Command every disc to realign right now according to the Word of God. Father, we just curse all pain at the root and command it to go. We command it to leave right now in the name of Jesus. Speak a fresh touch of your anointing, Father, from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. If that's you, just begin to touch your toes. Begin to stand up. Begin to do something that you haven't been able to do before. And release the testimony so other people can hear it. Because I believe the Lord's touching you right now. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Shandura ba 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 le lamandore baby bebe shikiarobo bobosha le brandore babe shindile makando robo bo bobosha le karobo bobosha I don't know if there's a Matthew on here, but I kept hearing the name Matthew. Matthew, 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 Matthew. Matthew I have a word for our Matthew brando I don't know if there's a Matthew on here where matthew that'll that'll reach out later maybe you know a Matthew, but Matthew, I just want to speak to you. I just uh, I saw I saw it in the spirit. I saw this picture in the spirit and I saw I saw an arrow and it wasn't in the back. it was in the front. It was actually in your heart. and it was like this arrow of betrayal, but it didn't come from somebody you didn't know. It came from somebody you knew and it was in the front. And I saw the Lord ripping this arrow out. I saw him taking this arrow out. I saw him placing it in your hand. I was reminded of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And there's a part in that passage where it says that they were being thrown into the fire. And it says that the men that tied them up and threw them in the fire were scorched by its flames. And I want to prophesy to you that the very people that came under the spirit of accusation, the very people that had turned on you will be scorched by their own, by their own plot, will be scorched by the own attack that they, that they sent you to be ensnared in and I want to speak life to you and just speak that that God's taken this arrow and I saw him placing this arrow in your hand and he says that, that I'm that I've, I've that I'm placing this arrow in your hand and I just see you with a full quiver and I see God using this arrow strategically and I saw you pulling it back and beginning to launch it forth and it was like a, this piercing arrow that pierced the darkest night of the soul it pierced the darkest gates of the enemy and I just want to speak to you that God's giving you a ministry of deliverance he's giving you a ministry of healing he's given you a ministry of reconciliation <clears throat> so the same wounds these same attacks that were meant to ensnare you are actually going to be the a catalyst that's going wow. to catapult your ministry yeah, that's it's going cool. to catapult your ministry forth and it wasn't for nothing says the lord it wasn't for nothing I've seen every tear that's been shed I've seen every prayer I've seen every cry I've seen every cry of your heart and he says that I've, I've put an arrow in your hand and like an archer I have I have been been training you and preparing you. It's felt like a season of even being alone. But like Elijah, he says, I have 7,000 that have yet to bow their knee to bail. And so it's felt like the season of being alone. It's like, God, I know I'm supposed to do this. I know I'm supposed to do that. I know I'm supposed to go out and preach the gospel, but I feel alone. I feel betrayed. And it feels like the season uh, of not understanding why you were in this season. You know, I heard a quote once by Charles Spurgeon. It got written on my heart. So I learned to kiss the wave that slammed me into the rock of ages. And I want to speak that over to you to learn to kiss the wave that slammed you into the rock of ages god wasn't behind the hurt and and the betrayal and the things that happened this season but what the devil meant for evil god will use for his good and the season that you went through was a season of preparation it was a season of of, of preparing you for everywhere that you're going and it's going to be a catalyst that will catapult you into your destiny and you will begin to launch the arrows i uh, this i saw this arrow in the spirit of you launching these arrows launching these arrows like an archer that are launching them and they were piercing literally piercing the gates of hell and And God will put a quiver, a full quiver and a sword in your hand and you will release the word of the Lord. And it won't just be blank. It won't just be it won't just be blind. Every arrow will hit its mark. Every arrow will hit its intended target and he'll launch it with precision. And that's part of the season that you've been in is that when God wanted to release you, he wanted to release you with precision. He wanted to release you with longevity. And what was actually looked at as a a season of misunderstanding was actually a season of protection. It was a season where God guarded you under the shadow of his wing, like Psalms 91. You were guarded under the shadow of the almighty and he's getting ready to launch you in this season. And he's going to launch you not only with the sustainability and longevity, but every arrow that you release is going to hit its mark there's just such a great degree of the prophetic of the prophetic words i see you flowing in words of knowledge words of wisdom and god's going to begin to release his spirit through you in that measure amen Mm -hmm.
1: thank you lord thank you jesus donna i just saw that your hip got healed praise god come on jesus yeah Someone else got delivered. Come on, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
2: She lamentore, baby, baby. She corroposa. Le mandore, baby, baby. She indilema mancondere, baby, baby. Le mandore, baby, baby. I want to honor your time here, Jeff. I don't know how much time we got.
1: Let's go a little, just a little bit longer. I feel like we're supposed to just go just maybe a couple more minutes. Yeah.
2: Amen. I really feel just when you, when you said that about deliverance, I really felt just the ministry of deliverance very strongly. Yeah. The Bible says that deliverance is the children's bread. And if you're around me for any time, you'll hear me always say, just take and eat, take and eat of the bread of deliverance. And so I just believe that the Lord really is delivering people right now. I believe there's a new new measure of freedom that you're stepping into. I see a girl in specific. It's like these serious night terrors. I just see you being tormented in in the middle of the night it's almost like it's crippling I just see you kind of curling up in a ball and just being so tormented uh, by the spirit of oppression and and father I just break its power right now in the name of Jesus Father I just break its power right now in the name of Jesus Father for where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty and there is freedom and who in the sun sets free is free indeed that's not her portion Father we just break the spirit of accusation right now in the name of Jesus we silence every lying tongue We command every spirit, Lord Father, every voice, Lord Father, that that rises against the knowledge of who you are to be tried by fire right now. In the name of Jesus. We command every tormenting spirit to leave her life right now. In the name of Jesus. Command every tormenting spirit to loose its grip right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We speak peace to her mind right now. We speak peace to her mind right now that surpasses understanding. I speak peace to her household. Shando Roko Shaka Le Brassonde Lebiando Roko Shekia Robo Shandelevando Shikiata Le Robo Rababa Le Brando Reke Lababa Shikia Robo Bobosha Le Carobobosha. I break every lie that said you're insane. I break every lie that said you're insane. I bind the spirit of schizophrenia right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Command it to loose your life. Loose your life right now in Jesus' name. Loose your life in Jesus' name. This going back and forth. This war of the mind. It's like your mind's constantly racing. Constantly having racing thoughts. Even massive headaches. I just see these these serious migraines and headaches. It's just this war over the mind. But I just speak peace right now in the name of Jesus. Just declare peace over your body. There's even been pain in your body because of this. And I just command it to go right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for freedom. I thank you for a fresh baptism of the love of God right now. I thank you, Father, you said, when I go, I'm going to send you a paraclete, a comforter, a Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you right now that your Holy Spirit's wrapping around her like a cloak. I thank you for the comforter, Lord, Father, just wrapping your arms around her, Lord. I thank you for the fresh baptism of love filling her household right now. I just speak peace to her mind, Lord, peace to her body, Lord, Father. We just command stillness right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, just declare healing, Lord thank you lord thank you jesus thank you holy spirit thank you father thank you lord thank you father thank you jesus thank you lord i just see just depression being lifted off of folks right now we just come against the spirit of suicide right now in the name of jesus we come against every spirit of premature death father and we just break its power Thank you, Lord, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. I thank you that in your presence is fullness of joy. I thank you that in your presence is fullness of joy. Father, I just pray for the filling up of joy right now, right now, in the name of Jesus. I saw a girl in the Spirit who who had scars on her hand, scars on her wrist, and I just want to tell you that the the love of God is reaching out to you right now. He loves you so much. You're so loved. You're so loved by the Father. You're so loved by the Father. There's no condemnation for those who are Christ Jesus. There's no shame. There's no guilt. He truly makes beauty from the ashes. And the scars are a testimony of the goodness of God and the fact that you're still alive, breathing, and here to preach the gospel. And you have a ministry that's going to help young women Whoever I'm speaking to right now, you have a ministry that's going to help young women. I see young women who are, who are on drugs and coming out of se- uh, uh, sex trafficking um, and prostitution. And there's going to be a ministry that's set up and established where you're going to begin to help bring women uh, out of the pits of hell. You're going to help bring women out of abuse situations and you're going to bring life to them. You're going to bring freedom. God's setting you up as a lighthouse, as a beacon of hope that's going to let people know that there's that there's a refuge, that there's safety on the shores of his love. And he says that he he recognizes you as somebody who loves well. Somebody who loves well. Your heart's been filled with love. So full of the love of God. And in this season, I just see this ministry being set up and established just to help young women. Young women are reconciled back to the Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Shandor Robo Bosha, Leila Macandore Kilebasa, She Corobobosha, Ella Macandor Robo Bosha, Lebrason de Licchiator Robo Bosha, Mamandore Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, Father. We just release a fresh grace right now. I just see these burdens being lifted off. I know part of this was heavy because we had to get down and take an axe to the root. Amen. (laughs) I feel like there was just a wave of deliverance that began to reach on here because the Lord wants you to know that that's not your portion. That's not yours to carry. But I just see this fresh rejuvenation. It's just a second wind that's getting ready to hit your sail. There's just a fresh grace to run. I thank you, Lord. They were only fed according to amount of hunger. There's a hungry people that are on here today. There's a hungry people that are on here today, and God's responding to that hunger. If that's you, just begin to reach out, just begin to really receive just a fresh baptism of the fire, just a fresh baptism of His Spirit. Father, I thank you right now, Jesus. I thank you right now for fresh acceleration to run. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that they're not just fire starters, they're flame keepers, Lord, who will carry the flames of revival into this generation, Father. I thank you, Lord, Father, that you are uniting hearts and uniting minds, Father. I thank you that you are awakening a generation for such a time as this, Lord, Father, that that who will run and take the torch, Lord, Father, that's been passed on, who will carry the baton, Lord, Father, that's been passed on from generations past, Lord, Father, into this hour, God, that there's reformers that are on this broadcast, Lord, Father. I thank you, Lord, that this is the age of the reformer, God, that just as Martin Luther nailed the thesis to the door, Lord Father, that we're once again in the time of reformation, God. And Lord Father, that you are causing a reformation in your body, Lord. I thank you, Father, that the people that are on this broadcast, Lord Father, are pioneers, Lord Father, that they're reformers, God, in their generation, in their churches, in their cities, Father. I thank you for fresh vision. I thank you for insight, Lord Father. You've been praying, how, Lord, how am I going to do this? But Lord Father, I thank you for releasing blueprints. I thank you for releasing strategies on how to build and how to advance in this hour. The Lord's going to begin to give you blueprints and strategies strategies, even in the middle of the night, you're going to begin to get downloads of his spirit. There's going to be begin to be downloads and blueprints that you're literally going to begin to see from A to Z on how you're going to build according to the credence of heaven. I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for it, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, Father, for such an acceleration. You know, everywhere that He leads is grace and there's peace. And I thank you that in this next season, where in seasons past, it's felt like every time you try to step out, every time you try to move, every time you try to move out in the Spirit, there's been some kind of resistance that's been met, met to you. But what's going to happen in this season, there's going to be a fresh grace to run. There's going to be grace and peace that go before you because favor goes before you and favor knows your name. And it's going to be like every door just begins to line up. We are in a season of the open door. Isaiah 22, 22 says that there will be a generation given the key of David. And that key will open doors that no man can shut. It'll shut doors that no man can open. And God is opening doors in front of you that no man can shut. And he's shutting doors that no man can open. So don't be afraid to go because the doors to the past are shut and the doors to your future are opening up. And you're going to begin to walk with grace and acceleration into this next season. There's people that have a heart to plant. There's a people that have a heart to build. I say build in the name of Jesus. I just see even new buildings coming to folks because you're going to need this new building for what you're doing. You're going to need this new building for your new season, because you're going to begin to build. And he says, if you build it, I'll fill it. If you build it, I will fill it. If you build it, I will fill it. And there's been a vision that seems like, God, we only have this amount of people. Why do we need a building this big? But the Lord says that as as you begin to build with obedience to heaven, God's going to send the people because your heart has not been on what, what man looks at. Your heart has been on the spirit of God. And John 12, 32 says, if I be lifted high, I'll draw all men unto me. And your eyes have been, your eyes have been postured towards heaven. Your ears have been postured towards heaven to the heart beat of God. See, impact is not measured in just numbers. Church growth is not measured in just numbers. It's measured on impact. If you were to up and, uproot and leave, would the weight of the region feel you no longer be in there? But I want to speak to you prophetically and say, so in the direction your heart wants to go. So for the season you're stepping into, because it's a season of acceleration. It's a season where God is setting and establishing the church at, in its rightful seat and position to be who you've always been called to be, which is to be a lighthouse to the region, a lighthouse uh, to the state, a lighthouse to the nation. And so I want to speak prophetically to you to say, run, go forth in the name of Jesus. There's a fresh, wind hitting your sail right now, a fresh wind of acceleration, fresh breath again. You can breathe again. All the constricting is leaving. All the constricting is breaking, and it is a season to run. I just see age-old chains literally being shattered and broken off. Every, every form of bondage that's held you from stepping in to the destiny and the calling of God on your life, we break it now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for fresh grace. We thank you for acceleration, God. We thank you, Father, that they are stepping into the days of destiny, Father. I thank you right now for every person who. Will father that they are truly pioneers in their generation my father and that lord you are truly god aligning them for such a time as this Lord father to help awaken the generations and the revival in their heart is going to bleed through to the nation to the people around them to their families to their schools and to their cities in the mighty name of jesus amen
1: Mm, amen tyler dude i know people were so blessed by that i was seeing the comments just rolling in And I, you know, it's one of those things too, where I feel like we're going to see the fruit of that continue. And I think you're going to get a lot of messages, even over the course of the next couple of weeks of people just, you know, hearing testimonies of what the Lord did, because that's how he rolls. And that's what he does on this show. (laughs) So um, Tyler, can, um, can you tell people how they can follow you on social media? Maybe talk about your podcast a little bit, all that good stuff.
2: Yeah. Uh, first off, Jeff, just thank you so much, man, for having me on. Uh, when every interview I've watched of you, man, I'm like, this guy's a kindred spirit to me. And uh, oh. just just such an honor to be on with you. And, and just to thank you for nice. that. Nice. Um nice. Yay. <laughs> awesome. You guys, uh Facebook, it's Tyler Medina. Um, Instagram's the same thing, Tyler Medina. Um, our our we have a YouTube page. It's called Consuming Love Ministries. Um, and then you can actually find the podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, um, as well as the Apple Podcast app. It's just the the Father's Heart Podcast. And so if you look it up that way, um, or look up Tyler Medina, you should be able to see it there and pop up.
1: Mm-hmm. And they get a little dose of your wife in there too. That's you know, right. a <laughs> little tag team. Like you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, everybody, you know, the drill, all that stuff is in the, we do our research around here. So we always have it preloaded in the description. So people can just click, go right away, Um, go show his podcast some love you guys. You also have a YouTube. We just include the YouTube in there uh, just in case, you know, you decide to post on there some more people can be, can be subscribed, locked and loaded. You know what I'm saying? Awesome. We appreciate so, it. Tyler, seriously. Thank you so much, man. This was, Absolutely. this was great. This was really, really good. So. Uh, we'll have to do it again. I'm just gonna Absolutely. say, it. I would love um, to have you back. So, and I know everyone else is like, "Yay!" Because <laughs> I just, I think that the most important thing is just um, not being adhered to too much of a structure and allowing the spirit to lead. And I think that that's why I just, I really felt like allowing whatever was inside of you when the Lord wanted to release to come out. And I think that that's so important to just. I'm like, "No, we're going long today. That's what we're doing because that's what the Lord wants to do." So. Um it's an honor honestly to to allow you an opportunity to do what the lord has uh has anointed you to do man
2: amen well, I sure appreciate it
1: absolutely yeah, so everybody just have an amazing rest of your day an evening great evening uh and join us on Friday. I almost said join us on Wednesday it feels like it should be friday all right it should it feels like monday um but you know what I'm saying everybody you get it um uh but join us on friday you guys we're gonna have jesse green back as you know she released a word about uh multiple waves and the second wave was about the resurrection of the unborn and the second roe v wade got overturned i was like get her on the horn let's get her back <laughs> let's go. got it we gotta break this down you know we gotta break this Jesus. down so uh we're gonna be talking all about roe v wade on friday yes. what that means for the church right now specifically in the second wave in this prophecy that she released So i'm mm-hmm. stoked I'm just stoked about everything God's doing through this this ministry. So it's amazing. So guys, we'll see you on Friday. Be blessed. Enjoy your evening. And we'll see you on Friday.
0: This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fires, presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.